Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey! Hey everybody, how's everybody doing today? Really exciting stuff here on the RSD and U show right here on the Health and Wellness channel of WIRN Internet Radio. We're really excited to be here to talk about RSD, everything and anything RSD comes to you on this show, the RSD and U show, with my great co-hosts. Uh, one co-host couldn't make it to the show today. That's Crystal Murphy, but my other co-host, the Vulcan co-host, is here, and that's Kimmy Simonson. Hello, Kimmy. How you doing? Hey, Joey. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. Um, and I, you know, today's topic is going to be an interesting one. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people don't get this with RSD. It's something called sleep. <laughs> you know. Um, and I'd like you to start off on this one, uh, Kimmy, because I know you live with full body. And how is it to sleep with full body RSD? It's a challenge. Um, I, I write a lot about this and I talk a lot about this. Uh, there are four stages of sleep. And typically, RSD, we get to the first two stages of sleep. So stage one and stage two, but to get into full REM sleep, you do need to hit stages three and four, and that's where your body can heal itself, and that's where you can rest properly. RSD patients usually don't get there. We, we do get there once in a while, but a, a typical night sleep for an RSD patient is very fitted. And by that, I mean, you know, we'll lay down, you know, sometimes it's exhausted at the end of the sleep, but the, the falling asleep part isn't you know, usually the challenge is the staying asleep part. And mm-hmm. I, can, I can talk about myself in that regard. I know that I wake up several times a night, whether I'm, you know, conscious or, you know, just kind of aware of my surroundings or whatever it might be, but I do wake up and actually open my eyes several times a night for various reasons. Uh, typically, I'm not in stages three and four sleep, and those are the stages where you do um, your healing, those are the stages where you have the deep and vivid dreams and and the healthy sleep. I haven't dreamt normally in years. I haven't had dreams in years because I'm not able to rest like that. Uh, on the same token, when we do hit those stages of sleep, it's usually out of complete exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And for me, that happens probably every other week when, uh, you know, I'll, just, I'll have this bad stretch and then all of a sudden my body will just shut down and say enough's enough and I'll sleep for like a 12-hour stretch. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, even then I might not even be in REM sleep. It might, it might just be stages one, two, maybe, maybe into three. But it, it's literally to where my body just shuts off. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm there for... 12 hours, sometimes more than 12 hours, um, you know, and you know as well as I do with RSD, it could be days mm-hmm. where, where you're just 
comatose and unable to move. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, yeah, a typical night's sleep, uh, quote-unquote sleep, is, uh, for example, last night, I probably actually fell asleep about three. I was up again at, I don't know, about 6.30, maybe 7-ish. I'd have to look. And I laid there uh, until about 11.30 until I could move. Mm-hmm. And that was that was sleep. And, and laying there from whatever it was, 7, 7.30 to 11.30, that wasn't sleeping at all. That was laying there willing my legs to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been my sleep lately. Um, what has yours been like? Uh, well, in the beginning, I, I have to say it was really, really hard. I got like maybe two, three hours of sleep. I know what it is to get no sleep, especially with RSD. You know, I really, uh, in the beginning stages, you know, back in 2009, 2010, 2011, when I didn't have the treatment for me and the pain levels were up to 8, 9, 10, I really didn't get much sleep. There was really no sleep to be had, and I I would hallucinate. I would would see things. I I would... uh, had bad nightmares when I did get sleep. You know, uh, it wasn't like I had nice dreams when I got that knockout sleep. You know, I had really bad dreams when I had that knockout sleep. So, you know, uh, there was a lot of things holding me back from sleep even. You know, um, you know the anxiety, the depression, you know, the, the panic attacks and so on and so forth with the pain was just so much. And it was really hard to get any, any sleep during that period of time. Now, after Kalamar, I have to say, much better sleep. I never had a CPAP machine before, and the CPAP machine actually reduces your anxieties and your depression, believe it or not. You know, that it even it reduces all of that. You know, I talked to my doctor about it. He said, oh, you should get much better sleep with the CPAP machine. I said, really? I said, oh, okay, let me try it. So I went for the in-home sleep study, and I got a machine, and I've been sleeping five, six hours ever since. Ever since the CPAP machine and Colomar to reduce my pain levels, you know, from an 8, 9, 10 to about a 2 to 4 range, Mm -hmm. I've been able to get decent sleep. Five, six hours is not bad. That's actually really good, you know, and uh, when you wake up, you actually do have dreams, you know. It's not nightmares anymore. It's not hallucinations anymore. It's not delirium anymore, you know. It's more or less you get that sleep that you really need and you wake up not refreshed, you know. It's not really you wake up refreshed. You, I mean, you're still dealing with pain, you know, so it's like it's still tough to get up out of bed, you know. But you get up out of bed and you have a better sense of yourself. And, you know, for me, I take my vitamins in the morning, and then after my vitamins, I get that boost, you know, and then I get that energy, and I'm able to walk around the streets, you know, uh, actually, shall I say, wimp around the streets because it's hard for me to walk on my left foot. But uh, when it comes down to it, sleep is a lot better for me. Sleep is a lot better. I have to say, Colomar also, they say a side effect of Colomar is more sleep. And a lot of us need more sleep, you know. So that's the only side effect of um, of Colomar, you know. Uh, and I think that's important to note is that, you know, if you go for Colomar therapy, 
you have a chance and a shot to actually get some more sleep. So interesting stuff. We have uh, Marcy in the chat room with us. Hey, Marcy, how you doing? Hey, Marcy. Yeah. All right, welcome to the show. Please invite your friends. And, uh, you know, we move forward and we talk about sleep. Now, you know, with the RSD also, Kimmy, um, sometimes I was on sleeping pills. Were you ever on sleeping pills there, Kimmy, or no? Oh, yes. Oh, heavens, yes. Um, I take sleeping pills. Oh, and, and again, a little bit of back history. I do not take prescription medication or narcotics or anything like that. So my, I'm a weird case, but do mm-hmm. other things just to maintain my sanity. Mm-hmm. With, with the with the RSC pain in general, I get I have a constant tension headache, mm-hmm. and that's been there for you know I'm so used to it. It's like I've got a permanent headache. So I do take ibuprofen. It doesn't do shit for the pain, but it, you know, it helps with that tension headache. It's just something. So I do take ibuprofen, and at night I take mm-hmm. just over-the-counter, not prescription strength. On bad days, I may have to take them two, three times. They just they don't touch me because they're not prescription strength. So let's say I start taking them at 9 o'clock. I'll take two at 9 o'clock. It does nothing. It doesn't even make me tired. Um, I'll may, maybe take another two at midnight, and if it still isn't touching me by three or four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'll take another couple. And even then, if it does knock me out, I may still only take the two or three hours mm-hmm. a day. Wow. But I do, t- I do take sleeping pills, mm-hmm. and um, I, I take them every night because I I don't know how else to handle it. I got like, you. Yeah. I hear you, Kimmy. I mean, uh Back in the uh, the early days, eight, nine, ten pain, I, which I I know you you feel now all over your body, so it's got to be hard to sleep, you know. Um, you know, I, I know I was on all different types of prescription medications. Now, those prescription medications, I was on a lot of prescriptions. Okay, I, I now I'm on no prescriptions, and boy, am I happy about that. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing about pain per se. I was never on a pain medication because I refused to take pain medications. Uh, but uh, actually, I did try. Hold on, I should say, I rec- I, I not recently, but like in the beginning, you know, of my RSD uh, sessions, you know, when we were going to the doctor, they were putting me on pain medications. I did try pain medications, like for two or three days, but they either made me sick, put me into some sort of delirium, uh, made me stoic, or something like that, where I had no expression. You know, and I just, I got off all 15 medications within a period of maybe like two or three days. Maybe I even sometimes extended some to a week. Uh, the best of those medications, I would have to say, was Involta, and it actually also reduced my uh, depression levels. So I was on that for most of the time, but then that started not doing anything, and I just got, got off of that medication. So all 15 medications that I were, was on really didn't work. You know, they really didn't work as good as Talamar. You know, but getting back to sleep, I was on uh, Lunesta and Ambien and all of those. You know, I tried, you know, each one of those sleep medications, and each one of them helped, it, it helped like a week or two, and then I had to get off of them because they either made me delirious or they put me into an anxiety-filled state. So I was on 
medications. I was on medications in the beginning. I was on medications for uh, the uh, anxiety, the depression. I got off all of those medications. No more medications, just like Timmy. No more medications for Joe. You know, and even if, the, if there's a new medication out, I say, Doc, no more medications. I'm done. You know, I just I like the Calamon machine, and I like what it does for me. So when it comes down to it, I was on these medications. It's a knockout sleep. With, with yeah. these medications. It's a knockout sleep, okay? It's not even like, hey, you know, let me uh, gradually go to sleep. Let me lay down here a little bit and play with my phone and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, you know, there was none of that. It was just like a knockout sleep, total knockout sleep. And then you wake up, but you're not refreshed, you know? You're not refreshed at all, you know? And, and you're like, uh, you know, you actually feel more tired after the medication. So the medication really didn't do anything to me. Absolutely, absolutely nothing to me, you know. Uh, so I went to something uh, that I tried over-the-counter. Uh, it's not a sleep medication. It's actually a natural med, you know, um, melatonin it's called, and the melatonin worked great. I have to say still taking melatonin and still sleeping well. You know, uh, so it's a combination of Colomar, melatonin, CPAP machine, and uh, music therapy even sometimes, you know, and meditation, you know, that actually helped me to sleep. You know, so sometimes it's a combination of things that will help you to do stuff. And you just have to find the combination for you, you know, or that one thing for you that will help you get some better sleep, you know. Uh, so what do you think about that, uh, Timmy? I mean, like, did you try like a combination of things to get sleep as well? How, how do you, you know, how do you get around just having like two or three hours of sleep? Um, you don't. And I want to touch back on the prescription medications again because I'm I'm first with a lot of those as well. RSD. I through like my mid twenties to my mid thirties, I did have a problem with migraine headaches. They they eventually faded and went away, uh, but during that time. I was on Ambien as well, and Ambien is a messed up drug. Um, that drug has, had caused me numerous problems, and I want to speak out about that because I know it's not just me. There, there are things that you do when you're on Ambien or certain people do when they're on Ambien. You have hallucinations. You have Ambien blackouts. Um, there were times that I was on Ambien and I was driving a car. Mm-hmm and wasn't aware of where I was. Oh, wow. Um, times that I left the house uh, and, you know, woke up elsewhere. Um, yeah, Ambien's a bad drug, guys. Stay away from it. And, you know, drug companies come down on me all you want. I don't care what you say, but Ambien sucks. Um, Heath Ledger died of an Ambien overdose. Michael Jackson was an Ambien and he died. It is a lethal medication. If you're, even if you're taking it properly, these things can happen. And from what I understand, I did a lot of research on Ambien after the fact. And these things, like if you take Ambien, um, you could be on it for, let's say, a year and be totally fine, and then these side effects can develop with continuous use. Mm-hmm. Um, Ambien, like Joe said, Ambien is a knockout drug. You could be sitting there one second watching TV and wake up 12 hours later. Just, it, it's like a light switch. And I'm not going to lie, I loved it. I loved it when I first started taking it because of that light switch effect, you know, especially when you have migraine headaches. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or RSV pain or any of that because, God, it's welcome, you know. Mm-hmm. Not knocking yourself like that, out like that is a welcome thing. Mm-hmm. But the side effects with Ambien are horrendous. So, folks, just be very careful. Be very wary of what you're doing. If you're taking Ambien, take it in a place where you know you're safe because weird stuff happens. I mean, I'm talking like making dinner in the middle of the night kind of weird thing happens. And you don't remember doing it. Mm-hmm. You were, Joe, do you remember there was a video, a viral video that went around on YouTube of a woman. Um, she was uh, sleepwalking in her kitchen and she was doing this weird dance and her kid was videotaping her. Yes, I saw that. Yes. That was Ambien. Wow. Yes. She was on Ambien. Wow. So, and she had no idea what she was doing. She really nope. had no idea. Yeah. Nope. That's Ambien. That's called an Ambien blackout. Wow. So that, if that gives you any idea. And overdosing is very real because I also went through that uh, with the whole migraine thing I was on, when I was on Ambien. Because when you're doing things like that, you're also, you know, kind of following the patterns of your normal life, too. So taking your medication and, like I said, driving a car. But back to the taking your medications thing, um, if you're unaware of what you're doing, you're, like, double and triple dosing yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're taking your medications, if you have any access to your medications, it's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. And I went through that kind of overdose a couple of times because I had no recollection of taking them in the first place. So during a blackout, I'd take them again and be unaware of it. Yeah. So it's just a bad deal. Yeah. I, you know, Kimmy, I, I definitely have to agree with that. Uh, when I was on some of these mental medications, too, are like horrendous. You know, when I was on, um, what's it called? Uh, I was on a few, I was on heavy hitters, too. They put me on uh, really heavy hitter depression drugs, like uh, really, like really, high doses of, of depression medications and uh, anxiety medications and so on and so forth. I actually had a panic attack in Pathmark, you know, on these medications because the medications were too high. You know, so I had to go leave Pathmark and go sit in the car because, you know, I was just shaking. You know, I, you know it was just weird. And I said, I've got to get off all these medications after that point. And I honestly... I was like you almost, uh, Kimmy, in your, in your uh, experience when you just came off of all your medications, but I weeded off. I just didn't come off. I weeded off the mental medications because, honestly, the mental medications are worse coming mm-hmm. off than the pain medications or the sleep medications. You need to weed off of the mental medications. Otherwise, you really get a lot of bad side effects, mm-hmm. really bad side effects with the mental medications. So. I weeded off of that. I, I followed my doctor's instruction to weed off, you know. And, um, you know, a, a lot of these medications you really need to try to weed off of, you know. I mean, like, I know in your uh, experience there, Kimmy, you didn't weed off of your medications. And how did you go through that? I mean, did you get any side effects from that? I almost died. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't recommend that at all. And, um, I, you know, I, I did do it once, but I did it twice. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. time that I did it, the RSC hadn't gone full body yet. It was just from, um, like, my hips up. It hadn't yet gravitated to my legs. Yeah. 
but the pain was still, you know, pretty excruciating, and um, it hadn't gone into my bones at that point or anything. But um, I, wa- I knew I needed to get off the medications, and the second time I did it, uh, it was very foolish. I was on 15 different medications, just like you, and they were heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking, like, doses of morphine that were knocking elephant out. And on top of the morphine, I was still having breakthrough pain, so I was on Percocet. Uh, for breakthrough pain and um, I don't know everything gabapentin and and the tryptamine and trazodone and um, you know Prozac I mean whatever it, there there were a lot of medications that you just don't mess with you don't dump one of them let alone fifteen of them mm-hmm. and I ended up dumping all of them at once I just knew that it was going to kill me because that that was um, you know, after the initial organ failure and everything, and the doctors weren't listening to me, and I, it was just all about frustration. But when I did that, um, you know, I, I knew to an extent what was coming. Yeah. I knew I knew that there would be, um, it's not side effects, it's um, withdrawals. I, yeah. I knew that there would be withdrawals. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea what I was in for. Um I should have died, to be honest. So anybody listening to my voice, don't do it. I should have died. It should. I should have had a stroke or a heart attack within the first couple of days, without exception. Um, I was. I thought the pain was bad with RSD, but combine RSD pain, and like it was everything. I was shaking uncontrollably. I was hallucinating. I was hysterical. Mm-hmm. There was lightning going through my brain, and I can't explain that any other way other than I was on my knees screaming, and there were lightning bolts going through my brain. Wow. Like, continuously zapping through my brain. Wow. Every, every other second, and it was relentless. It was nonstop. Um, I was insane. I, I was insane for a period of time. It didn't let up for weeks. Mm-hmm. And I should have been in the hospital going through all of this, but I didn't. I did this all at home, which, again, if you're listening to my voice, don't do that. You need medical attention. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was stupid. Um, when it started lightening up, when the brain zap started slowing down and the, the physical pain started slowing down, just not, not the RSD pain, but the, the physical pain from the withdrawal, it, was, it hung on still for months. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would come in waves at that point. It would start to light, lighten up, and then it would... Um, come back at me full force for a period of hours or maybe a day, and then it would lighten up again. It's not something you want to mess with. I I don't know who I have to thank for getting me through that. Um, I should have died. I should have had a heart attack. There's no no exceptions. You know, people people go off just a couple of those. You know, dump a couple of those or don't have access to their medications and they stroke out or have heart attacks. Yeah, right. Right. And, and you, yeah. Yeah. You, you have to uh, honestly have to blame the insurance companies at certain points. You know when they don't pay for certain drugs. And she's absolutely right. You know when you're out of the medication and you really need that medication, and all of a sudden the insurance company drops it, then what do you do? Then what do you do? I mean, you could get these side effects and you could die from them. You know, yeah. so you definitely have to follow your doctor's orders. You know, when it comes to you know, weeding off of your medications and so on and so forth. You know, we we, yep. we thank God that Kimmy is still here with us today. Yeah, you know, honestly, we thank God for that. 
you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's tough, you know, when you, when you have to, uh, you know, come off your medications, you don't like your medications anymore, and you just come off of them, you know, and you deal with all the side effects. I can only imagine what that felt like, you know, what Kimmy was going through in her experience there. But um, a lot of people do do that, and they unfortunately, you know, get the consequences of, of not being here. You know, uh, you know, and and so on and so forth. So what you what you need to do is, if you don't like the medication, you have to tell your doctor. You know, tell your doctor, and your doctor could either prescribe you a new medication or lower the dose or take you off the medication, but lead you off of the medication. It's very important that you weed off. You know, um, you know, and weeding off meaning cutting the pills in half sometimes, cutting it in fourths. It depends, you know, on what the medication is. The doctor will give you, you know, direction on how to do that. But um, I definitely urge, you know, and give advice to go to your doctor and follow doctor's orders when you want to come off medications. Because, like I said, we thank God, you know, that Kimmy is here with us today, you know, and so on and so forth. It was God, Kimmy. God was with you. you know? Well, whatever you want to call it, God, spirit, yeah. or energy, the universe, whatever, thank you very much. Yes. Um, I don't know how, I, just, I honestly don't know how I have the strength to do that, but um, I, I did want to mention, too, as long as we're on it, uh, my doctors, asked, after the fact, after they found out what I was, you know, what I did, they still tried to put me back on the medication. They still to this day, if I go to the doctor, want to put me back on medication, mm-hmm. and I and I don't do that. But you know, through that whole process, I did find out if you're ever stuck in that situation where the insurance company stops paying for your meds, you're unable to afford your meds for any reason, you run out, you need help with that kind of thing. Let's say you know, especially I don't know about you, Joe, but it's hard to get into my doctor sometimes. Mm-hmm. If I need if I need to see my doctor today. If I was going through something like that today, I'd have to wait until next week, and, you know, by then I could be dead. But as far as the medications go, um, go to the emergency room. Um, As an RSD patient or any chronic pain patient, uh, any patient really, you should really keep a a list of the medications that you're on Mm -hmm. Um, and the prescribing physician. If you can't get in to see your physician, go to the emergency room with that med list and tell them that you're on this, that, or the other drug, you've run out, whether it be, like I said, insurance company, can't afford mm-hmm. there's a program that's implemented nationwide. Because they know the dangers of this, they will provide you with your medications or provide you with a temporary dose anyway until you can see your physician. Mm-hmm. Right. This kind of is a protocol thing. So, you know, if you just need something to tide you over for a day or a week or whatever the case may be, you can do that through the ER prior to seeing the doctor. So don't, um, you know, and, and only use it when absolutely necessary because, you know, on the flip side of that, they're going to label you a drug seeker. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, when you do go to the doctor, right, I mean, you know, some of these doctors look like look at you like you got 17 heads. You know, like oh, you want pain medication again? You know, and and the same thing with the hospital. You know, it's like we are labeled. We are labeled like that. We unfortunately discriminated against because of that. You know, and uh, it's it's not fair to pain patients because pain is real and pain is a disease and people need to know that. You know, that's why we have shows like this 
to people that don't know about pain and people dealing with pain. You're listening to people that deal with pain every day. You know, so when it comes down to it, that's why we do these shows too, to the people that don't know about RSD, that don't know about these various pain conditions that people go through because they're invisible diseases. You can't see them, you know. So when it comes down to it, you come to these shows, you learn, you listen, and you hear what pain patients have to say. And boy, are we pissed off that we all labeled like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, geez. I mean, why, you know, if I go to the hospital and say, I'm in pain, I need medication, I damn well should get that medication or get, that, get something to help. You know, uh, with with the uh, with with everything. You know, I mean, like, you know, it's not like we're asking, you know, just for the pain medication, just for the sake of, you know, to ask for pain medication. You know, when it comes down to it, we need it. Us pain patients, we need it. You know, and, and when it comes down to it, it's important, ladies and gentlemen, to let everybody know when you walk into the emergency room that you have a pain condition. Okay, they may not believe you at first, but you have to tell them that. You have to tell them, well, I have RSD, CRPS, and where it is, you know, and, and so on and so forth in, in your body. So, one, they don't touch that part of your body, you know, because, again, the allodynia, you know, and so on and so forth. But they also know because, hey, this person may need pain medication, you know, and so on and so forth. You have to let them know. I even suggest having like an ID card or something that says you have RSD, CRPS, or something like that. I, I urge every one of you to get out there and maybe get a little ID card or ask your doctor to write you a note. So every time you go to the hospital and they read a doctor's note or whatever from the doctor, and you can bring the same note without a date on it, just bring the same note with you every time you go to the, the, uh, you know, you go to the uh, emergency room, just so they know where you stand. You know, because, you know, we don't want them hurting you. You know, we don't want them pick, trying to pick you up and put you on a journey, you know, and uh, and you're hurting, you know, after that. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's very important to let them know when you first walk in, you know, or let the person that you're with, you know, if, you, if you're incapacitated and you can't let them know, let them know that let them know that you have a pain condition. You know, they, they can walk up to the desk, you know, this person's got a very big condition, you know, watch out, watch touching the left leg or, or the right arm or whatever it is, so they don't cause you pain, you know, so uh, that's important too to know. Um, so I want to get back to sleep, and, you know, when it comes down to um, sleeping, you know, I find it easier to sleep on my back with RSD, CRPS, um, I find it now easier to cover myself because of the allodynia has gone down because of the columnar, you know. So allodynia and the pain are two different things, okay. So uh, the pain levels could be down, but the allodynia could be high, you know, and the same thing, you know, the same thing. The allodynia could be low and the pain could be high, you know. So with columnar, it works on both of those things. You know, it also works on the swelling. It also works on uh, neuropathies that you might have and so on and so forth. But uh, in my case, it has brought down both the pain and the allodynia. It allows me to cover myself at night, you know, which is nice. You know, so I can cover myself at night, sleep on my back, and have the CPAP machine on with the earphones on, 
you know, with the meditative music. Boy, I got a lot of things going to sleep. I'm telling you, I got a nose mask. I got the things over my ears to hear the music. I mean, geez, it's like wearing a mask, you know. But, I, you know, it, it actually helps you get sleep. And I actually get my five, six hours of sleep because of that, you know. And uh, it actually helps during the day, too, after I take my vitamins. Like I said, I boost up, boost up, you know, and, and you get that boost during the day, which is very important. Uh, and it's important, ladies and gentlemen, ask your doctor about different vitamins you can take, you know, on RSD. You know, when you have RSD, sometimes you can take certain vitamins that may help you. You know, I take certain vitamins that assist with my pain levels, you know, so it's, it's awesome. It's great. You know, so um, talk to your doctors about these things. You know, it's not only medications that you should talk about with them, but vitamins and over-the-counter medications and, and uh, not only that, but... Um, you know, uh, herbal medications and, and, and various things like that. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting, um, all the things that you can do to try to get sleep. I mean, uh, there's various things you can do. There is various things you can do. You just have to find that thing for you that works for you. And uh, that's it. I mean, what more can I say about sleep? You got anything else on sleep, Timmy, or I we move do. on to the next topic? I actually, I do, when you're talking about the things that you can do for sleep, um, let's put on our big girl pants now for a second, and I'm going to talk about um, some more natural remedies. Uh, everybody knows that I'm a big proponent of medicinal marijuana, and that's relaxing in itself, but there are other things that you can do to help with your sleep, and the natural things Joy mentioned earlier, music therapy. Uh, music therapy, depending on who you are, depending upon what your musical taste is, it, it does work wonders. Uh, music is the only thing that can activate all of the parts of your brain, and it brings about a natural relaxation that um, resonates through your entire nervous system. So if find that particular sound that relaxes you, that's important. Another thing that you can do is aromatherapy. And, uh, again, everybody's different, but there are different, you know, there are certain scents that are, I, I guess, unknown for their relaxing effects, like sandalwood and vanilla and, you know, there are just certain mm-hmm. also found that everybody's different there. For me, I like the smell of, um, like, the Ned Champa incense. I like the smell of vanilla and berries and... You know, there, there are just various things that what relaxes me might not relax Joey, and that's okay. Find what relaxes you. Your environment in general, making sure that you're comfortable in whatever room you're in, um, and whether that means you need the bright, vibrant colors, you know, to be comfortable, or whether that means uh, you're like me and I need to be in dark seclusion to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, find find that relaxation place. Find your happy place there. Stress, that's a killer. Stress is a killer for pain patients. And trying to live your life as stress-free as possible is imperative when you're a pain patient. And I know that's easier said than done because we all have a life. We have kids. We have families. We have, you know, jobs or, you know, there's always something externally going on that's going to upset you, piss you off, whatever it might be. You need to be picky and choosy about what you let into your life at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Like, b- before my RSD life, I was a very politically active person. I was just talking about this yesterday. I was very active in politics. I can't do that anymore because it stresses me out to no end, mm-hmm. and it exacerbates pain. Mm-hmm. So I've had to, you know, put things like that aside because of my health, not because I'm ignorant or, you know, don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because it really pisses me off. Mm-hmm. So I've had to put certain things like that aside and do things, do other things, like replace it with um, what I do, for example, teaching chronic pain patients about music or, you know, doing these shows. I, I've had to replace my activism with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about sex now. Okay. Sex is, is something that, that will, you know, it brings about a natural response in the body. It brings about, um, oh, my gosh, it's the, the words are leaving me now, but but the natural endorphin rush that you get during sex is a natural. And <laughs> there goes my words. I'm sorry, brain fog. Guys, sorry. That's okay. So, um, during yeah, during now I've heard it on both sides of the coin where people say you know that's great and everything, and you know during sex you get you completely calm. The pain is taken away for a short, you know, brief period during climax, but but then it comes back full force from a couple of people. Um, what I find is that it, from start to finish, the pain relief is there from the initial arousal all the way through climax through the afterglow. So it could last for um, half an hour, hour, I mean, however long you go. And I'm not talking just about sex with a partner. I'm also talking about masturbation. Mm-hmm. You, can do, you can do this by yourself. And it is a huge pain reliever, and it's also very relaxing. It will help you sleep. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I use that work for me. It's just all of these natural things that help me sleep. And it's just, you know, it's using your natural body chemistry and the brain synapses and the way your nervous system reacts to all of this to help you sleep. Yeah. That's what, that's, I, that's what I do. I hear you. I hear you. You know, you got to find that thing for you, you know, and, and, and that, that's great. I mean, I wanna, honestly, when, when it comes down to it, I think, you know, each one of those things are awesome. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, that's an awesome way to get relaxation and sleep. You know, I, I'm all about that. I'm all about relaxation and sleep these days, you know. And uh, when it comes down to it, you know, you got to find those things for you uh, that, um that works for you. You know, it could be one thing. It could be three or four different things at one time. You know, it really depends on the individual, how many things they want to, you know, do to try to get sleep, you know, try different things, you know, and find what is better for you. You know, what is better for you to get relaxed? What is better for you to lose that anxiety, you know, and, and so on and so forth, you know? Uh, so there's just a lot of things you could talk about when you talk about RSD and sleep. You know, a lot of RSD years, unfortunately, are insomniacs. And that's why we create radio stations like WIRN for all you guys, you know. So, you know, you have something to listen to, you know, when you're up still, you know, and, and so on and so forth. You know, we try to, you know, delve into different types of entertainment so we, we uh, you know, laughing is actually a good way, yes. you know, to uh, pass the time and pass the day, too, you know. 
Uh, and I know me and Kimmy, we have a lot of fun on these shows, you know. And, um, you know, it's just awesome, you know. And when it comes down to it, it's, it's more or less, you know, we laugh uncontrollably sometimes. And that actually helps, you know, that actually helps with the, with the pain, you know, throughout the day, you know. But during sleep, I wouldn't be laughing during sleep. I, I mean, I, I would say, hey, you know, I would, I would just try to find, you know, something relaxing you know, to do, um, even reading a book. You know, how about a reading a boring yeah. book? You know, that would help too, you know. Uh, sometimes books are exciting, you know, it depends on the book. You know, if you're reading like this, this uh, knockout sex book, you know, or whatever, you know, that's not going to make you sleep. That's actually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but if you're, if you're reading like a history book or you're reading like a reference book or whatever, you know, that might put you to bed, you know, I, I don't know, you know, but it really depends, you know. I try to keep I try to keep readers excited with reading my history book, you know. But uh, you know, when when it comes down to it, you know, history books. I mean, if you're not into history, you're not going to get it, you know. So a lot of people reading history books sometimes just fall asleep just because they just don't get it, you know. Uh, you know, so reading a book sometimes, or reading your Kindle, or you know, um, just laying in bed, just laying there, uh, and just closing your eyes and thinking you're in a, a, an awesome place, some place that makes you happy, you know, and, and think like I'm on the beach or I'm in Paris by the Eiffel Tower or wherever you want to be, you know, and just like fall asleep that way. You know, sometimes meditation that way is really good. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes hypnotizing somebody is also very good, you know, because it actually allows the person uh, to get um, relaxed in a way that they would not be able to regularly be relaxed during the day, you know. So hypnotism is also healthy, and, and it also helps uh, reduce your stress by getting rid of your stressors and finding out what those stressors are. You know, so a lot of people actually go through hypnotism to find out what's stressing them out and why they're, why they're afraid of certain things, you know, and, and, and things like that. You know, so hypnotism, you know, actually can help out also. There's also something called mirror therapy, like we talked about last week, uh, that might help some people. It depends on the person. You know, we spoke with Kimmy last week, who was the only one on the call that really tried mirror therapy, and she said it didn't work for her. Well, in, in certain areas, I know in the UK they do that a lot, and a lot of my UK friends with RSD say it helps. So, again, it's like, you know, more or less you're trying to trick the brain to believe, hey, well, that's my left foot instead of my right foot or whatever it is, you know, in the mirror, you know. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to relax yourself to get that sleep. So I urge you to find that, method for you and get some more sleep people please get some more sleep you know i think it's important to get your sleep you don't want to go sleep deprived for too long of a time so you have to find that method for you on how to sleep and we we mentioned numerous ways on the show today that you ladies and gentlemen can get that sleep with rsdcrps so i hope you enjoyed today's show 
Timmy, awesome show today. I thought it was great. Thank you very great much. Show. It's my pleasure, Joe. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me as always. I'm kind of always here. I'm a permanent fixture. So. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, we want to remind everybody that WIRN is actually uh, going to be growing. Uh, we're actually going to be inviting other hosts to join us on the main channel, and we will be also adding other uh, satellite channels uh, to WIRN. So let's get excited about that. We also have other means and other methods to get our shows out there. We will share those as soon as we find out what those methods are going to be. Please keep note that we are on BIRN Brain Injury Radio on Saturdays. Okay, We are on Brain Injury Radio. We worked out something where we actually have an awesome show called Late Night with Joe Giggles there from 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we, all, we have a great show this week, Supernatural Roundtable, coming your way, ladies and gentlemen, on the 26th uh, on the Late Night with Joe Giggles show. So please join us on Brain Injury Radio right there on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. You know, all you have to do is type in that, and you can reach us on... Saturdays, 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is a lot of things going on, right, Kimmy? A lot of things oh, happening. It's going to be great on Saturday night. The Supernatural Roundtable is always fun coming on the panel with us. And what happens is Joey uh, writes up a plethora of questions and throws myself and usually anywhere from three to five other people on a panel that we have, and we have uh, X amount of time to answer this questions individually, and they're from everything having to do with the supernatural realm, cryptozoology, um, you name it, even still, there's a lot of silliness going on there too, but it's always a lot of fun, so if you can get over there, uh, be sure to join us, and, um, you know, we have a lot of fun. I don't know what else to say. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we also got all the great shows, but we're going to have other mediums where we have some shows uh, coming up. Uh, I can't divulge that at the moment. Uh, but it's a really good, honest, you know, uh, decision to what we want to do here at WIRN. Uh, and it's really great. It's going to be really great programming for everybody. And I hope everybody enjoys what they see in the coming months with WIRN as we grow, as we change, as we bring in other hosts. And as we move our other, some of our other shows to different networks. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're really excited to bring you all these awesome shows. And, uh, Timmy, I'm really excited. I, yeah, so I'm really nice. excited about it. So uh, am I. Yay! Yay! <laughs> all right. So this is Joey Gangle signing off here for another great show. Hey, guys, we'll see you next time right here on the RSD and you show right here on the Health and Wellness Channel on TalkShoe. WIRN Internet Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Get out there and enjoy it. It's blue sky today in Staten Island. Hope it's the same by you. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.